Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Jeremy Franchese. You are listening to First Floor Conversations, where the view at the top is only as good as the foundation which preserves it. Today on episode 23, we're talking about the fact that Sunday may be the new start to the modern work week. What's going on, everybody? We got a new mic. We got new headsets. We got a new recorder. We got a whole new setup for episode 23, and I'm very, very excited for it. Uh, I hope everybody's doing well. My apologies on the last drop. Uh, I've been changing up a little bit of how I'm deploying the content. It used to be one uh, submission, so to speak, and then it went to all platforms, but I'm trying some new things, playing with different platforms, and so some of you may not have seen episode 22. Some of you may have. Depends on where you watch, where you look, but thank you, thank you, and uh, let's dive in. So today's piece is 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 all about how Sunday may actually be the start to the new work week, right? And I think a lot of people like talk about the Sunday scaries a lot and it's very funny. So so if you don't do this, I'd, I'd recommend it. I like it. I get some good information from it. But LinkedIn has their rundown where they drop like eight to 10 different weekly, or excuse me, every day, every morning, like top articles. And some of them are, you know, whatever. Some of them are actually pretty solid. But today's uh, was titled Work is Ruining Sundays. And, and I thought that was like a really negative thing to say. But at the same time, like I get where they're coming from. But what it talked about and just to like, kind of reiterate what they're saying here is as off hour emails prof- uh, proliferate late Sundays are turning into the new start of the work week says the Wall Street Journal a LinkedIn survey shows uh, 80% of working adults experienced a pickup in work related stress on Sunday evenings meanwhile a Sunday night email analysis conducted by Microsoft LinkedIn's parent company found that every hour a manager spent online generated an extra 20 minutes of out of work out of hours work for the direct reports. Some businesses are now pushing back against the Sunday scaries by delaying email delivery until the next morning. A lot of different ways to look at that. Here's the reality of it. One person's opinion uh, on the matter. As we become more globalized, as technology continues to advance, as we are able to be more productive, get more things done at a faster rate, the work and the after hours is going to continuously blend. There's never going to be the perfect line in the sand of I'm in, I'm out, unless you yourself build the infrastructure or your company and the communication between you and your managers or your team establish such understanding. And so the concept of work ruining Sundays and is that now the start of the work week and really what's going on? I wouldn't. I think that's kind of a, a, a black and white way to look at it. I think that certain things may require your attention, whereas others may not right and 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 this like if if you work a construction job when you leave the job site unless you're in a management role you're leaving work you come home and you operate accordingly so so this is 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 in my opinion much more tailored to a white collar gray collar audience right is that kind of a fair assumption um and so like when it leads off with emails like look some things have priority but but the reality is is we become more globalized the person that is moving the fastest, moving the most efficient, uh, getting the job done, it doesn't matter if it's Sunday or not. You can put it off to Monday, Tuesday, even Wednesday, right? I, I know so many people that come in, uh, they, they, they're not awake until noon on Monday and they check out by noon on Friday. So they're only working like a four, four and a half day week. 
it's all right. Everybody has their own game. But the reality is work's going to bleed into after hours if you, A, don't get the work done and it needs to get done. B, if you have a role and a responsibility to deliver an outcome, you're, you, you have a job to do, right? Uh, if, if you have something to prepare for that has high opportunity, that the, the risk reward is there, you may have to work on the weekends. But what I wanted to do and take time in this podcast to dive into was not just around should you be answering emails on Sunday. Like I think that's I, I don't think that's worth worth much of our time. What I do think that this provides us the opportunity for is to impress upon and build urgency or excuse me put some pressure on the conversation that it's never been more important for a, a open communication and an understanding from an employer and a manager and a leader. What's expected? Now, will you have people that go above and beyond? Yes. Will you have people that don't mind putting in the work after hours? Absolutely. Will you have people that fundamentally have more priorities and competing obligations outside of work that make it harder to punch in for three hours on a Sunday? Yes. And so the purpose of episode 23, the purpose of this podcast, except me wanting to test out some new stuff, which I was fired up about, uh, finally upgrading the setup. The purpose of this was not to harp on, on Sunday and weekend work and after hours work. It was to harp on the fact that there's never been a more important, there's, there's never been a, a better time to communicate effectively. Because I, like I read a different article, I think even LinkedIn put it out. Yeah, like this is a ridiculous title. So shout out to LinkedIn for the clickbait. But but it, but it talks about uh, is your lunch hurting your career? And it's like eating at your desk may hurt office morale, prompting some people to like rethink lunchtime. Look, if you don't understand that you can or can't take a break, like the, the company has problems. Like just just that's my that's my blunt perspective on that like if you want to take a break take a break if you if you want to work through lunch work through lunch but if your company doesn't have an understanding of cultural dynamics morale and a general understanding of whether you're the first person you're the newbie on the block or you're the veteran there like there should be an understanding based on culture based on expectation based on values leadership subordinate employees hr every division you should know if it's okay to catch your breath for an hour or 30 minutes at lunch now, with work on Sundays and work bleeding into after hours, traditionally speaking, not working hours, you need to communicate. Like, like the 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 this this sh- radical shift in in performance management is taking place because data and, and feedback and surveys and so much research is going into how do you drive engagement, how do you drive productivity, how do you drive the results you're looking for without compromising the experience of that which you was producing. Right? You want your people to love working for you, feel empowered, feel like their work matters. Gallup just released a, a new study. Fantastic. I'll have another podcast on it specifically about that because it's absolute gold. But it talks about how the entire experience uh, in working for a company is what makes up the employee experience. Every interaction impacts that brand, right? It's not just like, it's like for branding, for example, marketing, branding, personal branding, corporate branding. It's not just about that that sexy, sleek new promo video you put out. It's also about the fact that how you were punctual, timely, and responsive to your customers. Like all of those things impact your brand. Just like that, it, it, it tr- it's transferable in an employee experience. How you onboard them, how you hire them. Did you leave them hanging for three months not knowing where they stood or did you respond? Now, more specifically and where I'm tying in this with response to communication, effective dialogue and really understanding what is okay, what doesn't need to happen, do you need to put in work after hours, what's expected and what is what is above and beyond. I think everybody should know what above and beyond is. I also think they should know what the, 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 the expectation is, right? Because there are competing priorities. Now, here's where I'm kind of going with this. 
when you look at the data, demographic to demographic, baby boomers, millennials, so on and so forth, operate on a different level uh, 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 than, than each other, right? They want different feedback. They want different, um, they want different, like, uh, excuse me, frequency of, 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 uh, of, 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 what am I looking for? Just f- popped out of my head. They want, they want a different frequency of, of communication, of feedback, of criticism, of affirmation. They want to know what's going on. These annual performance reviews are ludicrous. Like absolutely ludicrous. If you think that a 29-year-old or a 34-year-old that's operating under the day of they've always had feedback, they know exactly what they've been, they know where they stand, and now you're giving them feedback once a year and then one-off little conversations, if you think that that is working, you're absolutely tricking yourself. People in the younger demographics, and let me just preface this, younger not meaning young, younger meaning not baby boomers, not the oldest in the workforce, but millennials are the the largest active working generation that is currently in the American workforce. Now, baby boomers are staying in longer than expected, but that's not because that's a whole nother topic. So if we're giving once a year feedback, twice a year feedback, oh, I work, I work with companies that are like, we do it quarterly. I'm like, great, here's a cookie. But the reality is they want to know exactly where they stand. Here's where I'm going with this. When work bleeds into after hours, the the absence of communication and understanding, and this is not a, a, a broad stroke message to your 500, 150, or 20 employees. This is a one-off conversation you have with people. Everybody has competing priorities. Now, that doesn't mean that you're, you are relieved of your obligation based on your job and your responsibilities. But what it does mean is that there is incredible upside in those that effectively communicate. So if you have three or four kids or two kids, or you're a single parent, or maybe you're married happily with a great family, but maybe you're getting a degree outside of school, you're trying to professionally develop, or maybe you're taking care of a sick parent, or maybe one of your kids is sick, right? There are a plethora of different outcomes that ultimately decide where your time and attention goes after hours. But the Sunday scaries in reference to that anxiety that builds as you walk into your work week, that is all controllable. Unless you hate your job, then that's going to happen always because you're in the wrong job and you should leave, right? But when it comes to a job that is actually going pretty well, like if, if you're not if you're not Sunday scaries because you hate your boss, there's abuse, there's some legitimate problem. If it's just Sunday scaries because you feel anxiety of not getting stuff done over the weekend or that you feel behind the second you walk into the office on Monday and there's this apprehension around that Sunday clock in for a couple hours to fire up some emails, keep the dialogue going, then you are effectively communicating that uh, uh, that that situation with your boss, your leaders, or uh, you know, alternatively, if, if your company is more of a flat organization and it's just a communal where you want to make sure your people know, hey, listen, I I'm, I, I really value my after hours time and I'm going to work 12 hours a day, every, you know, Monday through Friday, but on the weekends, I'm going to punch out and I'm, I'm going to spend time with my kids. I'm going to spend time with my husband or my wife. Um, it's communication. Now, that's not to say that that's going to go over perfectly every single time, but my point is you can avoid Sunday scaries and all of these simple things by communicating effectively. And organizations that communicate effectively, going back to the last podcast with having a strategic narrative, not what we do, but how we create a shared purpose with us and our client, us and our team, us and our customer, right? We're co-creators of an outcome. We're not obligation. We're not ob- obligated to do certain things. You are, like, I, yes, comma, 
you're co-creating a result if you build the right shared purpose. And so having a shared purpose creates a strategic narrative, not a mission statement, a strategic narrative. Now, that's a macro thesis. Having a micro uh, a micro day-to-day -day conversation, I'm not saying have a whole a five-minute meeting asking Susie and Paul how they're doing. I'm I'm saying weekend work is gonna happen depending on what you do, depending on how much you're paid, depending on how much responsibility and and and, and responsibility, uh, excuse me, how much you're responsible for, how many people report to you, right? There's so many different factors. But the brass taxes, as we continue to globalize more and more and more. As we continue to operate in a world where you are managing people in multiple time zones, as you are working in a highly virtual workforce where your Slack channel is blowing up at 2 a.m. and 2 p.m., right? It's always going. It requires communication so that you can create a quality of life. You can create an employee experience. You can foster culture, morale, and understand values where people don't feel bad about skipping a working lunch. They don't feel bad about letting that email left on red until the next day. There are one-offs and situations that require immediate attention. Everybody can agree with that. But effective communication, understanding a clear North Star and a strategic narrative as to how we co-create the results of which we bring value to the marketplace, whether it's a team, it's a client relationship, and then down into the day-to-day -day understanding of what competing priorities are outside of work, Communication is sometimes the, the most uh, uh, beneficial part of working at a company. Now, obviously, you need healthcare. Obviously, you need compensation. Obviously, you got to pay your rent and put food on your kid's table. But my point is peace of mind is a non-financial incentive. Peace of mind is a non-financial uh, obligation, right? Like, it's not on the P&L. Oh, we spent $4,000 on peace of mind this year for our people. But you know what communication can provide is, is peace of mind where that 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 executive or that manager or that employee doesn't feel the strain every Sunday for three hours where they walk into Monday already feeling like it's Thursday because of the pent up stress of having to already start work. Not already, but I, I feel like that, com that comes off a little bit wrong. Um, but I think you guys know where I'm going with this. And so as unemployment remains at full employment, as the D.C. metropolitan area remains competitive, as federal contractors dive into the busy season leading up to October where they are really in crunch time and and, 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 and all the, the, the commercial organizations that may be taking some time this summer to regroup, do a, a half, you know, a, a, a halfway evaluation or a halfway point, so to speak, if they're on a calendar year and they're looking at what did we do well, what do we need to correct? There's a million different outcomes, but the, the simple way Way to look at it is in perpetuity gray and white collar businesses will have trouble finding the line between work and home or work and hobby work and play and the only way to truly diagnose this as remote work policy policies continue to, to to increase as pto and vacation as uh uh you know you know work from home wednesday becomes more prevalent as we begin to thrive as a virtual workforce and in a globalized workforce and uh, an environment where employers have to serve their people like they are their first customer more than ever before because they fundamentally have to because the employees have more choices than the employer does to fill those roles. Communication can be an incredible drug to pump into your organization so that there is no lack of clarity and there's nothing but an abundance of peace of mind that when you work, you're there to go all in and execute and produce. But if you're not on a Sunday or on a Saturday or at a Friday at 9 p.m., it's okay. 
because you and your boss or you and your, your team are on the same page. And that's an ongoing dialogue. It's not set in stone, but what it is, is peace of mind. And so as organizations look to become incredible employers, improve the employee experience, build their internal and external brand, tremendous opportunity lies within the executive team, CEO, COO, CFO, CHRO, CTO, don't care what your title is, Effective communication delivers incredible employee experiences when that communication is delivered with authenticity, honesty, and, you know, uh, uh, in, in alignment and in accordance with, with the DNA of the company. When everybody knows where they stand, you're not getting sold a bag of goods, right? Just like we've talked about in past podcasts, that the, one of the best ways to, to, to reduce turnover is to not sell them a bag of goods when they're interviewing. If you're telling them the job is A and you give them B, they're probably not going to stay that long because that's not what they sign up for. Same thing goes for work experience. And so takeaways here, let's round it out. Keep it simple. I'm trying to respect everybody's time. I'm trying to improve how I deliver these bad boys. uh, And I'm very excited with the new equipment. I'm going to test some new things as I always do. We're going to have some interviews uh, coming up. I'm going to continue to promote that because I'm excited about it. And because I think that the best way to deliver things is to promise them to you and then put my back against the wall because truth be told, I don't like to be anything but to my word. And so thank you for tuning into First Floor Conversations. Uh, Like it, comment, review, feedback, DM, message. You can send me a handwritten envelope with with some great news or some criticism and, and wax stamp that baby and send it over. You DM me, I'll send you my address. Don't care how we get it. The feedback is incredibly valuable and only helps me further produce a better result for you. And so thank you for tuning in. Again, this is First Floor Conversations. The view at the top is only as good as the foundation which preserves it. And so every episode here, we try to help you, and I try to help you take one thing away that helps you build the certainty. Thanks so much. Stay tuned to the next one.